Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. I'll get a little closer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's not a sleeping dog. That's a, that's a, it's a big old dragon. I think this is about as close as I can get. Uh, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm gonna have to talk very quietly. I don't want to wake it. Yeah, so there's a reason we're down here. In a uh, dragon's nest. Do dragons have nests? Is that what this is called? There's a whole lot of gold down here too, but I'm not going to touch any of it. I'm standing at the doorway just in case. I need to turn and run out of here quickly. But before we get into the main part of the show, I wanted to remind you guys about dragons. Because this episode has a lot to do with a dragon. Now, if you're coming from The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, then when I say dragon, you're probably thinking smog. And you know that smog isn't in our story right now. We've been talking about Glaurung, the father of dragons. But smog and Glaurung have a lot in common. In fact, I would say that smog and Glaurung have maybe more in common, at least that we see play out in the stories, than any of the other dragons that we get in Tolkien's work. Now, I'm not just talking about having scales that are impenetrable, and Glorung doesn't even have wings. I'm talking about personality. Smog is... A very dragony dragon. If that's a way. I gotta, I gotta be quiet. That's if that's a way you could put it. And Glorung, the father of the dragons, is very much like that. Here, let me let me explain. They are both very self-serving. They are both extremely greedy. But beyond that, they both have this. Power of the mind. I think that's probably the best way to say it. We haven't seen Glorung really talk to anybody yet. We've seen Glorung in battle. But in today's episode, we get a chance to see a conversation and how it plays out. And what exactly maybe a dragon spell is? Or, I mean, when you think about Smog, think about the conversation Smog has with Bilbo, and the way he's able to use the conversation, the questions that he throws at Bilbo, to gain insight into things that he otherwise would have no idea about, having been asleep under the mountain. There's something about the keen 
wisdom. It's, it's, it's a feature of the wise, I think. And almost, you almost get the sense in the passage coming up that Glarung can read minds or somehow knows way more about things than you would ever expect a dragon to know about the world of men and elves. So, uh, okay, well, here, let's get on with the rest of the show. I, I'm gonna get out of here, and we'll be right back. Do you remember the final words of Gwyndor on the last episode? He says, Now if thou love me, leave me. Haste thee to Nargothrond and save Findulas. And this last I say to thee, she alone stands between thee and thy doom. If thou fail her, it shall not fail to find thee. Farewell. This is a warning. And it is a warning that we will see will not take that much time to play out. We will see Turin's decision here very shortly. So let's paint the scene a little bit. Battle is raging all around. The orcs are coming. Glarung is coming. The host of elves that Turin was leading have been routed. Things are looking very bleak. And Turin decides to head back to Nargothrond. And we're told that he musters such of the route as he went, as he met along the way. That means that as he is passing individuals who are now scattered, fighting in little groups or individually or whoever, or just wandering alone because the battle has moved on. He's pulling back any of the elves he comes across to his banner. And maybe he had an actual physical banner, but the idea that he is now leading a charge back to Nargothrond and pulling together a group as he goes. And then we're given this really interesting little detail here. <laughs> this one little detail... And there, there are reasons why these are included. There are reasons why J.R.R. Tolkien mentions these things. Christopher Tolkien mentioned, mentions these things. It says here, And the leaves fell from the trees in a great wind as they went, for the autumn was passing to a dire winter. This does two things. First of all, it lets us know what time of the year it is. We are now at the end of autumn. Secondly, it's an analogy. The autumn of Nargothrond, the elves maybe even, is passing into a dire winter. Things are getting darker for everybody here. And Turin and his now group that he has gathered have come back across the land up Along the side, the, basically the flank of the force of orcs and a dragon who are now bearing down on the river and the bridge to Nargothrond. And they've done so in a way so suddenly that they, they were not aware of it. 
The orcs were not ready. This small group just shows up out of nowhere. They basically thought, hey, we've we've killed all these people or driven them off. We don't expect them to come back. But they do. And then we're given some details about the bridge. We've talked about the bridge before. The passage says, In that day, the bridge over Narog proved an evil. Now notice, again, the specific words that are chosen. Tolkien doesn't use the word an unfortunate benefit to the enemy. An evil. The idea of even setting this bridge up was wrong. It goes on. For it was great and mightily made and could not swiftly be destroyed. And the enemy came readily over the deep river. And Glaurung came in full fire against the doors of Feligand, Nargothrond itself, and overthrew them and passed within. In one fairly complex sentence, which is the way that Tolkien writes, we get information about this bridge being too well made. This was constructed in a way that it was done too well. They could not destroy it to stop the enemy from crossing the river. The enemy gets across the river, gets directly to the gates of the city, breaks them down or burns them down. I mean, how are you going to keep a dragon from breaking down the gates to your city? And then they go inside. And Turin is too late. He gets there. But it's already being sacked. And if, you, if you've studied anything about historical warfare throughout ancient or medieval times, once the army is in the city, it's done. Things are over. The defenders have a chance when they keep the enemy at the walls and the gates. Once that enemy storms the city, you are not just facing an army against an army, You are in a city. There are lots of other people, the majority of whom are not soldiers in that city. Now imagine in the real world, a situation where you have armed soldiers entering a city, coming across regular people, the elderly, women, children, people who are not trained to fight, cannot defend themselves and have nowhere left to run because the army that's invading will break down every door. Now expand that out from being just people, men with ill intent in our own history to orcs with a bloodlust who absolutely despise the elves and a dragon. The situation does not look good. Tolkien's words will do this the most justice. It says here, the orcs had slain or driven off all that remained in arms. So all of the soldiers. And were even then ransacking the great halls and chambers. They had made it that far into the city by the time Turin gets there. Plundering and destroying. But those of the women and maidens that were not burned or slain, they had herded on the terraces before the doors. They gathered up everyone they didn't kill yet as slaves to be taken into Morgoth's 
thraldom. Can you imagine being in this situation? Would you almost prefer to have been killed than taken into slavery by the orcs to be driven all the way back to Morgoth's fortress and, and to be put to work in the mines or whatever other evil things he had in store for you? Upon this ruin and woe, Turin came, and none could withstand him, or would not, though he struck down all before him, and passed over the bridge, and hewed his way towards the captives. Turin is late, and yet he will not be stopped. He is a force, fighting, tearing, destroying any of the orcs in his path, in order to get back into Nargothrond to do what he can. This is, I'm going to pause here. This is one of the reasons why Turin is such an interesting character. He is so driven and he is so powerful that when that drive and power is used for good, it is extremely effective. But just like any other tool, if used for evil, is equally effective, but for the wrong ends and sometimes he has a hard time knowing which of those two things he's doing or being manipulated toward and in this situation we can see that he is a great force to be reckoned with that the orcs should fear him and now he stood alone this is the next passage for the few that followed him had fled only him by himself the rest of the elves saw what he was running toward and realized that they would not survive. So they leave him. But in that moment, Glarung issued from the gaping doors and lay behind. He comes up behind him between Turin and the bridge. And suddenly he spoke. And this is an interesting note here. It says by the evil spirit that was in him saying, Hail, son of Hurin, well met. And I, I love the way this is, this is said. He suddenly spoke by the evil spirit that was in him. His spirit, he, remember, dragons are basically corrupted Maiar, as far as we know. They are corrupted spirits, powerful spirits. And this one is dark and evil and it's like it's wearing the dragon the worm skin as a covering because that's kind of what the Maiar do right Maiar and Valar put on guises and then go out into the world in order to interact with things beyond just being spirits by themselves it's like he's puppeting this thing around and the th the puppet is terrible is terrifying. And so I want you to picture this scene. Turin runs into the city to see what he can do, who he can save. And behind him, a gigantic dragon appears in the doorway between him and anywhere else he can go. If he looks one way, he sees buildings burning, the city being destroyed. And he turns the other way and there's a dragon. So what does he do? It says here, Then Turin 
sprang about and strode against him, against Glorong. And the edges of Gurthang shone as with flame, but Glorong withheld his blast. He basically runs up to the dragon, sword in hand, and hits the dragon as hard as he can with his sword. But it doesn't do anything. And open wide his serpent eyes and gazed upon Turin. Almost like he was asleep. Like he was just like, yeah, okay, hit me with your sword. See how that works. Okay, let's, let's move on now, right? Without fear, Turin looked into them as he raised up the sword. And straight away, he fell under the binding spell of the lidless eyes of the dragon and was halted moveless. Then for a long time he stood as one graven of stone, and they too were alone, silent, before the doors of Nargothrond. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, OK, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank all of my patrons, all of the wonderful people who help support this project and make sure that I can keep doing this. Thank you to every single one of you. And a big shout out to all of our new patrons, including Maddie P, uh, Too Shy to be Named, <laughs> Edvard N, Diego uh, D, uh, Hannah W, Bobby L, Capina. I think is how you pronounce that, 009, Mark T, Richard J, and Guy G. Welcome, 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 and thank you for all of the support. We are currently at 174 patrons. <laughs> Every time I see that number, it hits me. Um, <laughs> also, thanks to our VIP patrons who get shout-outs every week. We have Bo, Brad S, Brandy D, Chewbacca, David M, Esoteric Rage, Jesse P, Capina009, Larry, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sam B, Shannon L, and Tyler M. Thank you to all of you for your support. 
I hope you all are enjoying all of the bonus episodes and the ad-free episodes and getting episodes early, all of the stuff that you get from Patreon. And if you are not on the Patreon yet, but you would like to help support the show and get all that extra stuff, then go to patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast. Patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast is the place to go. And we've got some reviews to read out, so let's do that. Just two this week, we have one from Ketteritz in the United States who writes, The journey doesn't end here. Thank you so much, Tom, for taking us through Tolkien's world from the beginning. I thought I would never be able to get through the Silmarillion on my own, but I've wanted to know more about the story of Middle-earth, more than I had learned from reading The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings in the films. I appreciate your storytelling ability and how you explain without talking down to the listener. I look forward to every episode. My husband and I have been listening for a while now, and he's so happy I understand more of the history, and he and I can discuss after every podcast. Thanks again. Keep up the awesome work. Uh, Ketteritz, thank you so much, and hello to your husband. I'm so glad you guys are talking about these things. This is the kind of stuff I, you know, my wife enjoys watching the movies and stuff, but she kind of rolls her eyes a little bit if I go, if I do the, well, actually, did you know that thing, which so many people do to their spouse. Uh, but the fact that you guys can have conversations about that, that is so awesome and heartwarming. That is great. I'm, I'm so glad you're enjoying the show. Also, this one's from Asuk Sonic in the Netherlands. Hello to the Netherlands. Actually, I might be able to go visit the Netherlands maybe this summer. My wife is taking a work trip there, and so I might just tag along. So that would be really cool. I, I would love to come see your country. Um, Asuk writes, thank you so much for the hard work you put into this podcast the show is wonderful and whisks you off to middle earth i stumbled onto this podcast while browsing for something new to listen to so happy i found your show please keep up the fantastic work love the show asik thank you so much and i'm so glad you love the show and thank you to everybody i genuinely appreciate all of the support all of the reviews sharing with your friends signing up on the patreon even just being a part of the community i know a number of you have joined us on the discord and new people are jumping in all the time feel free to join us feel free to post questions to each other carry on conversations any of that stuff i love it i love all the community and and people getting together nerding out about things that we all love together so come join us on there there's links in the show notes and all that stuff and you can just search robots radio discord it'll come right up all right let's get back to the rest of the show So this is the part that I've been waiting for, because this is the best part of this episode. Let's be honest. Glarung and Turin are about to have a verbal confrontation. Let's just call it that. This is the first time, like I noted before, that Glarung has stared someone down and spoken to them. And at this moment, he is stuck in the the gaze of the dragon which means that he is not in control of his own facilities he cannot move he cannot speak he is stuck there glarung is a hundred percent in control of the situation and so glarung knowing this and not being afraid of turin at all 
decides to taunt him. He plays with Turin, kind of like a cat catching a mouse. Then he says, Evil have been all thy ways, son of Hurin. Thankless fosterling, outlaw, slayer of thy friend, thief of love, usurper of Nargothrond, captain foolhardy, and deserter of thy kin. As thralls, thy mother and thy sister live in Dorloman, in misery and want. Thou art arrayed as a prince, yet they go in rags, and for thee they yearn. But thou carest not for that. Glad may thy father be to learn that he hath such a son, as learn he shall. Now there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, how does Glorung know all of this? Is there some form of mind reading happening here? I'm not sure we ever get an answer to that question. Either he has heard from many of the spies and sources out there who have been tracking Turin about what's actually going on, or he's been talking with Morgoth and Morgoth's Vision has somehow seen some of these things, although I don't see that as being particularly likely because some of the details here have to do with things that happen beyond their sight. Thief of love, the idea that Findulas loves Turin more than Gwyndor. How would, how would either of them know that? I think there must be some sort of mind reading thing going here. But let's review this. Thankless Fosterling, right? He, he goes to Thingol and leaves without any thank. Outlaw, he's clearly been an outlaw. Slayer of thy friend, Belig. Thief of love, Vindulas and Gwyndor. Usurper of Nargothrond. I mean, how else could you describe that? Notice how these are all uh, framed in the worst possible light. Did he really usurp Nargothrond or did they just trust him and he seemed like he had some good ideas? What was his intent? You know, Captain Foolhardy you know, sending himself out into the fight and then losing and then coming back and being cornered by a dragon and deserter of thy kin, his mother and his sister, who he has never met. And then Glaron goes on to tell him exactly what is going on. Although this is where he's no longer just framing things in a dark and twisted kind of way. And just outright lying. Because we know that Turin's mother and sister are no longer in Dor Loman. They are not wanting. They are guests of Thingol. They are living very safely. They are being fed and cared for. And sure, they yearn for him. They want to see him back. But they don't go about in rags while he is arrayed as a prince. And this is the treachery of Glarung. This is the treachery of dragons. The fact that they twist everything in a way that manipulates the listener. And a lot of what they say is true. It's just a dark framing of it until all of a sudden they lie. And the last thing Glarung says in this passage is about Turin's father. And he's just basically listed out all the reasons why Turin is a terrible person and then says, 
and I'm going to go tell your dad about all this. The next passage goes like this. And Turin, being under the spell of Glarung, hearkened to his words. He took them in. He was listening. And he saw himself as in a mirror misshapen by malice and loathed that which he saw. And while he was yet held by the eyes of the dragon in torment of mind and could not stir, the orcs drove away the herded captives, and they passed nigh to Turin and crossed over the bridge. So Turin is stuck here. He's stuck. He's taking into consideration everything that Glaring is saying because he's he's spellbound in this moment. And it looks to him like this misshapen mirror, a, ref, a, a very dark and poor reflection of what actually is true. And then he loathes it. It's like it's getting under his skin. He's starting to consider, is this actually true? Am I really this terrible person that is being painted in this picture through these words? And while he's stuck there, the orcs take the captives that he was trying to save right past him, right out through the gate, right past Glarung, and they cross the bridge. And among them was Findulis. She's there. He was just warned that he needs to go save her or his doom will be inescapable. Quote, and she cried out to Turin as she went, but not until her cries and the wailing of the captives was lost upon the northward road did Glorung release Turin and he might not stop his ears against that voice that haunted him after. There is nothing he can do. He is stuck until they get so far away that he can no longer hear her voice. And the only thing he can hear anymore is the echoing of Glorung's taunt in his mind. Can you see the parallels here between Glorung and Smog? The conversation, the manipulative conversation. And then... The next passage goes like this. Then suddenly Glorung withdrew his glance and waited. He takes his eyes away. He breaks the spell and when he waits, it goes on. It says, and Turin stirred slowly as one waking from a hideous dream. Then coming to himself, he sprang upon the dragon with a cry Again, as soon as he is able to control his own body again, he strikes the dragon. He realized that this is an enemy and it needs to be felled and I need to defend myself and save those people. But Glorung laughed, saying, If thou wilt be slain, I will slay thee gladly, but small help will that be to Morwen and Neonor. No heed did thou give to the cries of the elf woman. Wilt thou deny also the bond of thy blood? Glorung is still taunting and manipulating him here and somehow is aware of maybe the very thing that Gwyndor warned him about. He kept him from responding to the elf woman, Fendulas, because he knows if he goes in response to her that that leads to the path of his salvation maybe even the avoidance of his doom and the curse but if he goes and tries to save 
Morwen and Neonor, that's the darker path. Somehow Glarung feels this, knows this, and is goading him in to the trap. But Turin, drawing back his sword, stabbed at the dragon's eyes. He takes another, another stab at him. And this time at his eyes, because they seem like a vulnerable spot. And Glorong coiled back swiftly, towering above him and said, Nay, at least thou art valiant. He gives him a compliment. Valiant. Beyond all whom I have met. And they lie who say that we of our part do not honor the valor of foes. See now, I offer thee freedom. Go to thy kin if thou canst. Get thee gone. And if men or elf be left to make tale of these days, then surely in scorn they will name thee if thou spurnest this gift. He's still manipulating him. Basically, I'm going to let you live. And I mean, you could try and fight me here, but we know how that's going to go. You're very brave, by the way. But really, shouldn't you be going to go save your family? Isn't that, isn't that what you should be doing? I'm going to let you go do that. And if you don't do that, then everyone's going to think you're an idiot because I gave you this opportunity. That's basically what he's doing. Then Turin, being yet bemused by the eyes of the dragon, as were he treating with a foe that could know pity, believed the words of Glorung, and fuming away, he sped over the bridge. But as he went, Glorung spoke behind him, saying in a fell voice, Haste thee now, son of Hurin, to Dorloman, or perhaps the orcs shall come before thee once again. And if thou tarry for Findulas, then never shalt thou see Morwen again, and never at all shalt thou see Neonor, thy sister. And they will curse thee. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time.